Since his visit last week, the picture of Saudi's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman sitting next to South Korean business tycoon has gone viral, to say the least. What comes out of this meeting? Marking his first visit to South Korea since June of 2019, MBS's short trip was dense with promises of mega projects in Saudi Arabia. Namely, the futuristic green city, the Neom Project. So what are the big takeaways from his short trip? We're joined by Professor Kim Byung-ju of the Hanguk University of Foreign Studies for an expert analysis. Good morning, Professor Kim. Good morning. Uh, not to oversimplify the narrative, but to put a price on it, 100 trillion won. My head has a hard time processing <laughs> that amount. Right. Uh, that is what Mohammed bin Salman, the Saudi Crown Prince MBS, was supposed to be bringing to Korea's mm-hmm. businesses. So was that expectation fulfilled? Yeah, 100 trillion won. That's, that's really uh, yeah, a, a figure that we, we don't feel very familiar with. Uh, how big is that money? Uh, a lot of people were asking that question around me as well uh, <laughs> yeah it was that number was in the headlines there no question about it but i don't think anyone was really actually expecting that that korean uh korea's leading companies walk away in total uh you know the the what do you call it the contract right. adding up to 100 trillion won uh <laughs> almost everyone understood it was kind of like just a symbolic figurative uh, numbers actually the the final number which still isn't really fixed and and it doesn't really mean the hand much but still more important than just uh, just catchphrase hundred trillion one the final number uh, for a final estimate seems to be forty trillion one mm-hmm. that's that's still very big forty trillion one uh, deals uh, kind of preliminarily agreed they are talking about uh, 26 um, memorandum memorandum of understanding. Uh, it's not contracts. 26, you know, uh, documents saying that they are going to pursue this mm. with the Korean companies. So 40 trillion won, big money, mm. not as big as 100 trillion won. But uh, overall, these uh, projects, M- MOU related projects, include a vast uh, array of different. Uh, things uh, you have already mentioned the building of the new city mm. and uh, you know other things but the thing is Saudi Arabia is seeking to build a kind of new different kind of future mm. uh, leaving behind altogether the economy the era of the economy that was really nearly uh, completely dependent upon oil right. and now they want to leave that past behind so it's a very ambitious uh, future that they're planning on. So in doing so, uh, these industries include not only just uh, construction. Of course, construction will be big, uh, building a new city on a desert. Uh, construction has to be the key. But in addition, uh, because I mentioned the post-oil, the renewable energy side-related mm. industries, a long list of different kind of uh, solar mm. and uh, you know, electricity uh uh, storage, transmission, all these different things, and even uh, green hydrogen, hydrogen mm-hmm. gas that's produced based upon the renewable energy sources and then uh, being used to generate electricity and so on. So green hydrogen is also part of it and has to be, uh, has to include uh, IT, mm-hmm. you know, telecom and all these things. So 
It's, it's a vast array of uh, industries. I mean, Korea has had this experience of the, the oil boom during the 1970s. Of course, we remember it. Mm. And uh, perhaps the... Mm, those people who are kind of the age of uh, my generation's father, <laughs> so like the people who have already, many of them passed away and stuff, but they were working hard, right, in this, it's, it's the boiling hot desert, right. building things. Right. So construction was the main thing, but these days we're talking about new, different kind of energy, bio, even IT, it's a whole range of uh, new future futuristic industries we are talking about. And, and for that, very, very preliminary, and again, I want to emphasize this is this doesn't really mean hard money, but just the intention to work with Korean companies, and mm-hmm. and uh, according to the government announcement and so on, the the number as a result of uh, Mohammed bin Salman's visit this time mm-hmm. seems to add up very preliminarily about forty trillion won. Mm. in the form of 26 or so MOUs. But, I mean, it seems to be a, a good place to be starting 26 separate MOUs worth an estimated 40 trillion won. It doesn't have a sense of finality. Again, this is the very beginning stages of talks, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you just yep. look at, not to just single out the Neom City project, but because it's so massive, it's mm-hmm. the framework is so big that, I mean, working mm-hmm. out the details may take, obviously, more time time, I suppose. We definitely hear a lot of excitement for the impending business boom driven by the so-called Saudi Vision 2030. Could you perhaps explain to our listeners what the framework entails? Right. Uh, Saudi Vision 2030 has been around for some time. It was first announced 2016. And when it came out, uh, people like me had to pay attention because it was uh, one of the largest kind of consulting project that came out. Uh, carried out by, you know, you name it, uh, all the leading names of uh, big big uh, consulting companies around mm-hmm. the world. This was uh, like a really money-produced, uh, this consulting project yeah. produced uh, based on big money and presenting basically the future of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was led by no one other than M- uh, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, mm-hmm. himself, the crown princess, and uh, the vision of how the, com- the, the country will change from uh, nearly completely oil-dependent one to oil-free, mm-hmm. petroleum-free kind of future. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to do so, of course, diversification of its economy. I mean, you know, it mm-hmm. has been nearly completely oil-based one. And how do we make that, you know, diversified, big challenge, but... The, the vision, when it was announced, uh, emphasized a whole long list of different mm. uh, industries, but kind of like government taking the lead, building up public sectors such as health, education, infrastructure, recreation, uh, tourism, and all those, building a whole new kind of economy mm. from zero basis with lots of money that they have accumulated over the past several decades based on oil production. Mm. And it goes beyond even transformation of economy. It, 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 it seeks transformation of the country as a whole, especially, I mean, of course, one of the main thing is, which is not included in the vision is, of course, keeping safe the, the kingdom itself, right? Uh, but uh, uh, around that, a softer and more secular image of kingdom uh, is to be pursued, meaning that as a result of after the announcement of 2016, Saudi Vision 2030, we know as a fact that Saudi women's rights have mm. been 
considerably, uh, you know, improved right. uh, based on MBS's leadership and so on. And so national image, uh, national transformation, not only the economy, but also overall culture-wide, uh, uh, that's what's being sought by the South Vision 2030 announced back in 2016. And it's, it's a fully in place, and it's driving all these changes, including all these things, including the, the, the causes behind the MBS's uh, visit this time. And so far, being oil-dependent actually helped reap uh, big benefits for Saudi Arabia. In fact, it is that very oil money that helps them envision such a massive new sort of city. But mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, the source is depleting and they have to adjust and diversify its economy source. Uh, taking a look at this Neom City project, I mean, because all we're getting right now is the blueprint. Uh, we know that their plans to bring autonomous cars, a 170 kilometer long, zero carbon emission city. It certainly sounds futuristic. What right, is behind right. the concept of this very city? Yeah. First of all, Neom City, uh, where is it being built? Saudi Arabia is a huge country. So let's imagine Saudi Arabia, the map. And, uh, you know, there are waterways in the east of uh, Saudi Arabia and the west of Saudi Arabia. The, the west one is the, the Red Sea, and uh-huh. that leads to the, the Suez Canal. And if you go all the way up to this uh, Red Sea, uh, close to Suez Canal, there's a one that leads to the canal itself. It's called the Suez Bay at the end, the tip of it. And then there's another waterway that goes to the to the east. It's Aqaba Bay. And that's where this Neom city will be built. It's kind of quite close to uh, close to like Israel, mm-hmm. Jordan and, and Egypt. Mm-hmm. And in but this is open space. This is basically basically desert and mountains. There's mm-hmm. nothing there to begin with. And they are building this futuristic city there. And as a whole, the total money that needs to be uh, needed will be 500 billion U.S. dollars. That's even bigger than 100, uh, you know, trillion one we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> this is beyond our imagination there. And basically, they're building a whole new city. And this is an important point. Uh, totally energy independent, meaning that they will use no petroleum at all to mm. run the city. Mm. It will have to be totally based on renewable energy, mm. uh, like future green energy as a whole. Mm. And uh, so the energy side itself makes this, this city totally futuristic. But in addition to that, in building the city, uh, you know, there, there are different projects. One of the fascinating projects is called the line, L-I-N-E, yeah. the line. Mm. They're, they're lining up like half size of uh, Lotte Tower. You know how tall Lotte Tower is, <laughs> our listeners. And maybe half size it or even taller than half size of Lotte Tower will be lining up the distance from, uh, in Korea, like let's say from Seoul to Gangnam, you know. Can you imagine this line <laughs> of uh, giant towers lining up in one line? Uh, that's what they're envisioning. This, this is really exciting. And in addition to that, of course, you know, to support that they have to build, uh, you know, the, the airport and then industries that they have to build, agricultural field and everything. So, mm. Uh, very, I mean, anything you can imagine as a future city looks like that's what's coming in Neom City. But here, what's important is something that I forgot to highlight when we dealt with first question here, like how much did Korea get? Right. The thing is, this is not about Saudi handing out money to different countries. It's not like uh, Mohammed bin Salman coming to Korea to give, hand out check to Korean companies. That's not it. 
he was here to invite investment, attract investment. Mm. So, so uh, we think about this oil-rich country just handing out cash <laughs> to, to whoever will come in. That's not it. They're saying, bring your cash, invest here, mm. and then you will make money here. So uh, that's what they're doing with the Neom City. They're inviting investors and Korean companies, same thing, rather than just receiving blank check from this oil-rich mm. you know, billionaire, trillionaire. Uh, the Korean companies are saying, oh, yeah, we, are, we will invest our money, build things, and then we will make profit out of it. That's mm-hmm. the idea of New York City. Uh, something that we sidestep, but I think ought to be paying attention to, there are also political and geopolitical risks in the Middle East. Uh, namely, President Yoon decided to skip APEC summit to host MBS in town. Now, regarding this very visit of the Saudi crown prince, isn't it also true that the Korean government had to be conscious of the current relationship between Riyadh and Washington? Riyadh, Washington, it's a very, very tricky uh, relationship, up and down, up and down. Uh, Obama's time, you know, because of shale gas, the United States decided to take steps away from the the traditional, uh, you know, oil producer allies, and that includes uh, Saudi Arabia there, and then was distancing from Israel and trying to make a deal with Iran. But when Trump came in 2017, everything was just uh, just uh, turned upside down, mm. and uh, Trump got closer to Saudi again, and then uh, you know creating with trouble with Iran. The thing is, but <clears throat> during the Trump time, we re- remember this name Jamal Khashoggi, mm. the the Washington Post uh, you journalist. know journalist. His his na- nationality was he's he's American, right. even though he was born in Saudi Arabia. And he was killed, as we remember, in Istanbul uh, after being, you know, drawn into their consulate office, and he was assassinated there. And that became a real big deal uh, during the Trump Trump time. But because Trump was close to Saudi, he he could not uh, go all the way criticizing it. But when Biden came into office, of course, again. Mm-hmm. We were turning back to the Obama's time, uh, distance with Saudi being increasing, and then, you know, like uh, all these Khashoggi affairs, and then also the old Obama line of uh, keeping distance from Saudi and Israel came back. What happened was, however, Ukraine came in, and right. because of Ukraine, the oil prices were rising high, and then you, we remember, right, uh, The I think it was in July when Biden actually yeah. flew all the way, mm-hmm. all the way to Riyadh kind of begging MBS to to restrain himself in terms of like cooperating with the United States, trying to keep a cap on oil. To no and, avail. And he was, yeah, as Biden was flying back, you know, like um, MBS just, just turned his back and said, oh, well, we don't care. We're going to let the oil price rise. So the tension between Washington and Riyadh, it's, it's quite, quite serious. And it was quite noticeable that Yun government Still, despite this fact, uh, try all these things to 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 target on the Korea's national interest. So it was quite an interesting play. Mm. Uh, going back to some of those uh, MOUs and perhaps deals that at least the invitation to uh, go to Saudi Arabia and pick up some of the significant parts of these projects. MBO is supposed to go to Japan, but he canceled his schedule after his visit to Seoul. And it prompted rumors of those very deals that may have been uh, preliminary struck with Seoul. Um, were they successful? Is that why the one the meeting in Japan was canceled how do we understand right. this right we, we, we were hearing a lot of wishful thinking right like oh korea got all the deals and japan got none sorry uh you know like we we got the whole thing and walking away <laughs> well we're not sure no, nobody really knows and the, but the thing is uh 
Mohammed bin Salman, if anything, he's very, very pro-Japanese. He loves Japanese culture. He's very into Japan and everything. Mm. So when he announced the uh, cancellation, his trip altogether to Japan, it shocked everybody. And we heard all those wishful thinkings here in Korea. But I think <laughs> experts are not ruling out the possibility where it looks like Korea got a lot of deals, right? So mm. Bin Salman would like to give it more time. Once again, this is kind of competition to attract investors, money coming in from outside of Saudi into Saudi Arabia. So some experts are saying, well, you know, it looks like Korea got a big bag of uh, commitments and mm. invitations and everything. So maybe MBS want to give it a little bit more time mm. to Japanese to jack up their beatings, mm. perhaps. Mm. And then, and then, you know, <laughs> uh, let them let them bid even higher. <laughs> so we really don't know, but there are all these speculations. We want to stay away from totally wishful thinking here, I guess. So be mindful of that wishful thinking, and right. perhaps realize that the business savvy decision might be in the interest <laughs> of Saudi Arabia first. Uh, yeah. So taking into consideration everything that you've analyzed for us today, including but not limited to the very geopolitical risks that South Korea must take on, given the relationship between Riyadh and Washington, what do we see ahead for Korea-Saudi relations? Korea-Saudi relations, uh, this is very, very high level of uh, diplomatic calculation that's being involved because of these factors we talked about just now, the sensitivity of the United States, uh, human rights concerns, and, and, and on the other hand, all these economic uh, business interests that's, uh, you know, at stake. And economic business interest, again, it's not that simple, right? It's like a big part of it is not just the getting cash from Saudis, but actually our decision to invest there and so on. So very complicated dynamics, economic business. Uh, ideology, values, and national interests, mm. and the ties to Washington. So this is going to be a very interesting juggling game for those people who are interested in diplomacy and international relations to watch the mm. tie and its evolution of the ties between Seoul and Riyadh. A very interesting show to watch as we go forward. Mm. Thank you very much, Professor Kim, for always an insightful conversation. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you very much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.